Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Free Movie Podcast with your host, Free Movie. Congratulations, everyone. It is Friday, October 13th, and we are going to be reviewing my favorite movie on my new favorite day, on my favorite day of the week, which is new. Yes, my favorite day of the week used to be Wednesday or Thursday, but now it is Friday, and it is going to always and forever be Friday. Anyway, I hope everyone is excited. Halloween is literally, it's so close, but so far. I'm really happy that we're not even halfway through October yet. I have so many, like, I have so many other movies that I want to watch, but you know, this is I, I'm not sure when I first watched Rosemary's Baby, but this movie means a lot to me because the protagonist is just so likable and you really like her through this entire journey. This is a horror movie, but you really feel for the main character and she is just so warm and lovable and you feel so bad for what's happening to her the whole time. And, you know, I... It has to do with witches, but it also has to do with, you know, women's intuition and the importance of friendship and the importance of reading and the importance of just questioning everything. If you feel something in your gut, either avoid it or actually do it. Um, so I think those are really good hidden messages from the movie Rosemary's Baby. So without further ado, let us begin. I have a crush on John Mulaney and I'm sad. Okay, so Rosemary's Baby takes place in New York City in 1966. And we are on a apartment tour with Guy and Rosemary Woodhouse. They are a young couple and they are touring this place called the Branford. And um, the apartment they tour in the Grand... The Branford was owned by Mrs. Gardenia, who passed away a couple days ago. And she was one of the first woman lawyers in New York State. Uh, Mrs. Gardenia has a, a lot of plants in her apartment. And Rosemary sees a note that says, I can no longer associate with myself. That we should assume is Mrs. Gardenia. So what was going on during her last days? I don't know. We learn that Guy is an actor and he does a lot of television and radio. In this movie, Rosemary doesn't work, but in the book, she has a job in communications and she has a very successful career in communications. We find out that Rosemary and Guy have an adult friend named Hutch who is 65 years old. He writes um, adult fiction. No, he writes fiction for children. And after Rosemary and Guy decide to get the apartment at the Branford, they tell Hutch. He's really excited for them, but he's like, oh, by the way, the Branford had a rather unpleasant reputation around the turn of the 20th century. He tells them about these sisters who um, ate children and 
then talks about a man named Adrian Marcato who made a splash there in the 1890s. And because he said he conjured up the living devil, the apartment building they are going to live in is nicknamed the Black Bramford. Branford. Okay. So one day uh, they get the apartment. Uh, Rosemary is making it all pretty. One day while doing the laundry, Rosemary meets a young woman named Terry. They're around the same age. And Terry tells her that she lives with the Kastovitz. They're an older couple in the, um, in that live in the apartment building. And that she tells Rosemary that she was living on the street and a drug addict before they took her in. And Rosemary and Terry definitely vibe and they decide to come down to do their laundry together because they find the apartment kind of creepy and they want to stick together. And we also find out that Mrs. Gardenia, the previous owner of Rosemary's apartment, used to grow herbs for the cast of it. Okay. All right. That night or the following night, uh, we learned that Tracy unalived herself and this is the first time we meet the cast of it. They live in apartment 7E and their ma- names are Minnie and Roman. And they seem very um, upset, kind of weird, but like they, they seem like they're upset about Tracy's uh, death. Her- the next day, Minnie comes over to Guy and Rosemary's apartment and tells Rosemary, you know, Tracy was cremated and then she immediately asked Rosemary, hey, do you um, do you have any children of your own? Minnie is just very, very nosy. She's looking at all of Rosemary's cans and inspecting them, looking at what's in them. It's, it's, it's very funny. She does a fantastic job. Um, and Rose, Rose... Rosemary ends up telling Minnie that Guy is an actor and has done two plays and a lot of television and radio. That, um, after Rosemary says this, Minnie says, you know what? How about you and Guy come over for dinner tonight? Uh Uh-huh. Okay. Later that day, Guy comes home and he's pretty sad because he didn't get a part in a play. He's very glum. And Rosemary says, you know, the cast of it's invited us over. Maybe we should go. And um, at first he is like, no, I don't want to hang out with those kooky guys. But Rosemary then convinces him. At dinner, things are chill at first. They're drinking some, some, it looks like sangria, like some watered down sangria and roman roman and minnie are the older couple rosemary and guy are the younger couple remember okay we learn that roman enjoys traveling and he's like name a place and i've been there and he says that he travels for business and pleasure both while they're eating their meal minnie and roman um, are talking crap about the Pope because the Pope, they are envious and of, they are envious of his fortune and his glitz and glam. And Rosemary is a bit offended by this. She's like, he is the Pope. I don't think we should be talking about him this way. 
Uh, but, you know, Guy is into it. He's like, yeah, he shouldn't have all of that. And after Roman and Minnie see that Guy is into the Pope slamming, Roman tries to appear to Guy's ego by bringing up some roles, like very minor roles that Guy has had in the past. I don't think that Roman has ever seen Guy act in a play. So he's appealing to his ego. He's making Guy feel more talented than he actually is. Later that evening, while Minnie and Rosemary are in the kitchen, Guy and Roman are speaking alone, but we don't know what they are discussing. And to Rosemary's surprise, Guy wants to hang out with them again the following evening. Rosemary's like, you can go. I will stay here. Queen. The following day, Rosemary is wearing the cutest outfit ever. She is wearing a navy blue long-sleeved turtleneck sweater, kind of thin material, and then a plaid red skirt. It's adorable. And she's on her period. She puts on music, and she's reading a magazine. And all of a sudden, Minnie and her her little friend, Laura Louise, invite themselves into Rosemary's apartment and start knitting on her couch. And Rosemary is pissed. She's like, I'm on my period. And these two nosy older women just come into my apartment while I'm wearing this really, really cute plaid outfit for the fall. Like, okay, great. But Minnie ends up giving her a necklace as a gift and says it's 3,000, no, says it's 300 years old and says there is tannis root inside of it and says it's good luck. Um, Guy gets a call one night and guess what? Remember that uh, play that he didn't get the role in the night they went over, went over to Minnie and Romans for dinner? Well, it turns out that the guy who got the role magically woke up without like a sight, like he was blinded overnight. And now guy is like, wow, I I have the part, but I really don't like the way I got it. Man. Guy tells Rosemary, I have to go walk this off. But we don't see guy leave the apartment, but we hear the doorbell ring at the cast of it. So we can assume that after he found out he got the part, he went over to the cast of it. He went over to Minnie and Roman's apartment to tell them the good news. Interesting. A few weeks later, Rosemary is visiting her friend Hutch, um, the guy who writes uh, children mystery stories, and she is meeting with him alone without Guy, and with tears in her eyes, she's telling him about all the new opportunities Guy has had, Um, He has a lead in a new television series and she tells Hutch, you know, I'm sad because he's being a bit self-centered. Rosemary gets back from her chill sesh with Hutch and um, Guy gives Rosemary roses and it's like, let's have a baby, you know, mama, dada, poo poo, goo goo gaga. Rosemary is overjoyed. That night, they decide to do baby making night and they are sitting by the fire. Rosemary is in this. And while Guy and Rosemary are having a romantic evening, ding dong, the doorbell rings and we hear Minnie's voice. Hi guy. Like she has, it's amazing. Her voice is amazing. And she, oh my God, she's so good. She's so good. Um, 
Rosemary doesn't want Guy to let Minnie in the house, in their apartment, because she usually just comes in whenever she wants. But Guy, um, Guy does invite her in, but Minnie says, no, no, it's fine. I just wanted to drop this off. And he says, hey, Minnie dropped off this chocolate mousse, but um, Minnie dropped off this chocolate mousse. And Rosemary takes a couple bites and she's like, "Uh, I don't really like the taste. But uh, Guy is aggressive and he's like, eat it. You're so annoying. You always complain about everything. So she eats it and then she faints and has a dream. And I'm not going to just, I'm not going to describe what the dream is, but I will say it is exactly what happened to I will say, watch This Is The End and think about that Jonah Hill scene. I guess that's all I will say. Rosemary wakes up in the morning and sadly doesn't remember what happened after she ate Minnie's chocolate uh, mousse. And in the movie, Rosemary stays with Guy. She's really upset at him. But in the book, she actually rents a cab and, and gets away from Guy for a couple months. A few weeks later, um, Rosemary finds out that she's pregnant by her doctor and her doctor at the time is named Dr. Hill. She is overjoyed. When Rosemary tells Guy, he's kind of happy, but then immediately is like, we got to tell Minnie and Roman. Minnie and Roman come over and they are overjoyed and tell her that she has to go see uh, this doctor, Abe Saperstein, because he delivers all of the society's top babies. And... Then Minnie says that Abe is a friend of theirs, so he will give her a discount. The next day, Rosemary has an appointment with Abe Saperstein. And his advice for a woman who is pregnant for the very first time is to not read books. Okay? He also says that Minnie is going to make a daily drink for her with herbs in it. Okay. Rosemary then gets the cutest pixie haircut. And she shows Guy and she's like, it's, I've been to Vidal Sassoon. And he does not look her like her haircut. He says she looks awful. And she's like, she ignores her, his comment, but she says, I'm in a lot of pain right now. And I'm not really sure what to do. And Guy gets upset at her and he's like, you should go to the doctor. So she goes to the doctor. So she goes to the doctor And um, the doctor says it's nothing, but unfortunately the pain is getting worse and she starts eating raw steak. Hutch visits Rosemary and Guy's apartment and he is like, how are you pregnant? You look awful. She is visibly losing weight and she's visibly in pain, but trying to keep a happy face. And Hutch asks her, who are you seeing? And she goes, oh, Abe Saperstein. And Hutch is like, oh, he delivered two of my daughters. Um, But Hutch is still a little suspicious about her appearance. For some reason, Roman shows up at Rosemary's apartment unannounced. And he meets Hutch. Um, And before Hutch leaves Rosemary and Guy's apartment, he asks her, hey, have you seen one of my gloves? And she says no. And then um, 
they try to find the glove. They can't find it. And he's like, oh, well. And then he goes off. One day, Rosemary is sick in bed and she gets a phone call from Hutch telling her to meet her in the city. And he has to tell her something that he can't say over the phone. Rosemary goes to meet him the next day in the city, but he doesn't come. So she calls his apartment and his friend picks up and tells Rosemary that he was taken ill and that he's in a coma at the hospital. Um, the next scene, Rosemary and Guy are at a New Year's party at the Kastovitz. Everyone is 65 years old and they all cheers to the year one. Okay. Rosemary's a little upset about hanging out with like the older crowd and she takes matters into her own hands and she says, hi guy, we're going to have a party and no one under, um, 60. She says, Hey guy, we're, she says, Hey guy, we're going to have a party and no one over the age of 60 is allowed to come in and Minnie and Roman are not invited. So she has a party with her friends and everyone loves Rosemary way more than they love Guy. These friends care about Rosemary and they are all concerned about the way they look because she is losing weight, but she's pregnant and she's very pale and it's confusing. At this party, Guy is literally watching Rosemary the entire night to see who she's talking to. And he starts getting really pissed when a bunch of her girlfriends shield her off, um, shield her off from guy and start asking her about what's going on with her pregnancy. It's just like really clear. It's just very clear that she has a lot of friends and that a lot of people care about her. So guy and Rosemary have a fight um, after their friends leave because Rosemary wants to go to Dr. Hill instead of seeing Abe Saperstein again because he's doing nothing about the pain. Um, when she declares this, all of a sudden her pain stops. So then we see this montage of her getting ready for the baby. She's gaining weight again. She's looking healthier. She's drinking many special drinks. She's still with Abe Saperstein. And three weeks before her baby is due, she finds out that her friend Hutch passed away. And at his funeral, his friend Grace Cardiff gives Rosemary a book that he wanted her to have. And Grace also tells her that during Hutch's final moments, he wanted Rosemary to know that the name is an anagram, but Hutch's friend isn't really sure what Hutch was talking about. The book Hutch gives Rosemary is called All of Them Witches, and the following is underlined. Um, the fungus they called Devil's Pepper. And also, I'm going to try to read this. There's a chapter for Adrian Marcato. Born in Glasgow in 1986, he was soon after brought to New York. He remained for several years in the United States, but spent a great deal of his time on the continent and traveling. He was educated at Oxford and during the course of his studies, he became interested in black magic. Soon he left England and devoted himself completely to Satanism. Okay. 
And also we know that Adrian Mercado was a previous tenant of the Branford. Okay. So Hutch also dog ears a picture in the book, and it is a picture of Adrian Marcato's family. And he has, uh, Adrian Marcato had a son named Stephen. So all of a sudden, everything clicks for Rosemary. She gets out the Scrabble board. She takes Stephen Marcato and, you know, does the I am Lord Voldemort, Tom Riddle thing, and it spells Roman cast of it. They're neighbors, so we find out that Roman's dad was a witch, okay? Okay. Rosemary tells um, Guy that Roman is the son of a witch, and Guy said, Guy's like, I don't believe you. You're crazy, Rosemary. And she tries to tell him that they have covens in Europe, America, and Australia, and they use blood in their rituals. And the blood that has the most power is baby's blood. Rosemary is like, we're gonna, we need to get out of here. We're gonna sublet. And um, Guy takes the book. Then Guy takes um, Rosemary's book away that Hutch gave her. And then the next day we find out that he threw it in the trash and he just tells her, I didn't even think about it. And Rosemary's like, that was my friend. And he left that for me. That's an awful thing to do. Next scene, Rosemary is in a daze walking across the street and she drops the necklace that Minnie gave her into the sewer. And she buys two two books at the bookstore. And both of the books are about witches. And, and she reads the following. Many people during that time died, supposedly natural deaths. Since then, it has been determined that the united mental force of the whole coven could blind, deafen, paralyze, and ultimately kill the chosen victim. This could, this use of a united mental force is sometimes called a coven. And then Rosemary Lee reads in cults it was believed that a personal possession of a victim was necessary and spells cannot be cast without one of the victim's belongings rosemary calls ronald bombgard bongard the man that mysteriously went blind and she finds out that i don't know along the lines or the timeline of this but guy insisted that him and ronald switch ties so the coven used ronald's tie in a ritual to blind him so guy could gain success in the acting world after rosemary finds this out she takes her little suitcase and money and she is off And she is like, everyone is lying to me and goes to Dr. Hill and tells him the whole story about the cults. She thinks she's safe. He tells her to relax in his office, but he betrays her and he ends up calling um, Abe Saperstein and Guy. So they take her back to the apartment and Rosemary um, tries to escape. She tries, she locks them out of the apartment, but they get in somehow. And then Rosemary is just struggling for her life. The coven is all there holding her down. She's going into labor and then they sedate her. She then wakes up and, you know, the 
baby is not there. Um, Abe Saperstein and Guy say, sorry, um, that you lost the baby. But then a few days or maybe a few hours later, Rosemary hears crying and she goes and she investigates. And she finds out that there's a trap door in their apartment that le- leads to Minnie and Roman's apartment. And she sees a crib in the corner that is black and has an upside down cross hanging. And there is, in fact, a baby crying. And Rosemary goes over to look at it and she makes an expression on her face that is unforgettable. And I'm not going to describe it. And she goes, what have you done to it? Look, look at its eyes. And, and Roman tells Rosemary that Satan is her baby's father and her son is the spawn of Satan. And then they all go, hail Satan, hail Satan. And Roman says, he chose you out of all the mortal women to have a baby with. And Rosemary is like, what the f- what the frick guy comes up to her and is like, we're going to get so much from this row. It's the same as like losing a baby. We're going to move to California and this and that. And she spits in his face. And then Roman comes over and says, Rosemary, you don't have to join the coven, but you can be a, a mother to him. And Rosemary sees Laura Louise rocking the baby's crib. Laura Louise is out of control. She's part of the coven. She's a witch and she's horrible and immature. And Laura Louise is just rocking the crib way, 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 way too hard. And um, Rosemary's like, you have to rock it softly, Laura Louise. And um, after Rosemary approaches the crib, the baby starts stops crying and starts giggling. Rosemary gets this loving look on her face and she decides, you know what? I'm going to be the mother because this is my son. And it doesn't matter that my husband is Satan. This is my baby and I love it. Wow, guys. Thank you so much for, you know, listening to me record that. Um, I love Rosemary's Baby more than any other movie. I think it just shows... Rosemary's such a likable character, and she does something so very noble and selfless in the end. She doesn't even care about the creepy coven. She's like, this is a baby. I'm going to take care of it, even though Satan is the dad. All right, guys. Happy, happy October 13th. Have a fantastic rest of your weekend. October isn't over yet. I'm so excited. All right. Bye, guys.